0: Welcome to the Top Three Podcast for Entrepreneurs, your place to get the very best tips, tricks, and tactics from today's most successful entrepreneurs. Here's your host, Stephanie Burns, founder of Chic CEO. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Top Three Podcast for Entrepreneurs. I'm Stephanie Burns, founder of Chic CEO, and today I am so excited to have James Altucher on the show today. James is an entrepreneur author, hedge fund manager, and podcaster. Having founded over 20 companies, worked for HBO, and written over a dozen books, James has a lot of insight for us entrepreneurs. He's one of my very favorite bloggers, and I'm so excited to have him on the show today. James wrote a book called Choose Yourself. It's one of my very favorite books. I'm recommending it all the time. And so today we have him on to talk about his top three tips for choosing yourself. Hey James, thanks for joining us today. Stephanie,
1: thanks for having me on. Let me ask you a question. What is a chic CEO?
0: Chic CEO is a female entrepreneur who is ready to tackle business without losing herself as a woman.
1: Okay, I like that. Do you think a lot of female CEOs lose themselves as women?
0: I don't think so. I'm just really tired of them being told to think like a man and act like a woman. I think they can think like women and act like women too.
1: I, I agree with that. I'm, I'm ver- So I'm very much in favor of this.
0: Good, very good, very good. So James, before we get started, I gave them just a very brief bio on you. Can you tell everybody who's listening a little bit more about you and then um, your concept behind choosing yourself?
1: Sure, so uh, I started a couple different businesses. Uh, Some of them worked out well, some of them failed horribly. I've, I've made money, I've lost money, I've made money, I've lost money several different times. Enough times that I can tell you with confidence what worked at least for me on the way up and what worked, what didn't work for me on the way down. I'm almost like a statistically significant experiment. It's happened to me so many times where I've gone from like wealth to broke to wealth to bankruptcy to losing home, family to more money and, and so on. Uh, I've uh, been involved in both the internet and technology industry. I'm a technologist by training, um, but also I've been a hedge fund manager, so I know the finance space. And um, I'm on the board of a lot of different companies, so I'm a good advisor. But probably what I enjoy doing most is uh, writing and podcasting, like we're doing right
0: now. Which I love your podcast. It's so much fun Thank to you. listen to, and I, you know, I'm an avid reader of yours too. So we like to ask our guests as well to tell us a surprising secret about you. And you're you're very transparent in your um, your writing and, and the things that you you talk about. So. I'm not sure if you even have any more secrets, but if you do, can you tell us this, one?
1: This is almost my big problem in writing right now because <laughs> I've been writing, like, my personal stories for five years, and I've been writing, like, every single day. So how many... You can't have, like, s- you know, 1,700 personal stories. It's really difficult. So I have to kind of, like, slice and dice them in all sorts of ways. But um, uh, a personal secret, Uh you know, I would say the one... I'll start off with, I don't, um, and this, this, this occurs for many people, but I currently don't have like a great, such a great relationship with, uh, let's say my sisters and my mother. And they always say, uh, judge a guy by his relationship with his mother. And if that was the way you would judge me, then I'm like the worst person in the world. But, um, uh, and a lot of it is related to the fact that I've been so revealing in my writing that sometimes that inadvertently burns bridges that I didn't even realize until too late. So so that's a little bit of a secret, I guess. I don't know.
0: Yeah, that's definitely something that you do. You sh- you are very transparent uh, in sharing your personal stories as well as your professional stories, which is one of the things that I most appreciate about you is that <clears throat> you're not sugarcoating anything for entrepreneurs, especially in that it's a difficult road to to go. I mean, Chic CEO, we have 75,000 female entrepreneurs in our network now, and a lot of them just Whoa. get the hokey story or, you know, everything's great all the time. And, and I think that does a lot of disservice to them, so.
1: Well, well, I think, you know, there's a huge problem, I think, in kind of the genre of let's all be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I call it a genre because then everybody starts writing articles. Uh, the top 10 secrets for closing the sale or the top 10 ways to, you know, do well at your interview. And the problem is people are like kind of standing on a pedestal while they're writing this advice. But the reality is nobody was born on a pedestal. Like it's actually very difficult to do well in an interview. So I'm sure anybody who's writing this article has had countless Interviews where they have sucked really badly Mm -hmm. So what I really want to hear about is I want to hear what this person's story was I don't want to be told what to do by someone on a pedestal who has no credentials at all that I can figure out I want to know what they did what happened to them and you find that the best writers and the writing out there and even the most successful people out there they're gonna start off with their story first So you know that they've been there and that they can actually, they do have the credentials to say, look, I, um, I did this horrible thing at an interview and I law, I didn't get that opportunity. Here's what I should have done better. And then I can decide for myself whether to follow that advice based on the guy telling his, or the woman telling his or her personal story. And so, I think I think that whole genre of success writing um, needs to be upgraded. But just like any genre, you know, 99% is going to be bad and 1% is going to be good.
0: Well, I definitely think you're in that 1%. Oh,
1: thank you very <laughs> much. I, I try.
0: <laughs> so, today I wanted to bring you on and talk to you about your top three tips for choosing yourself. And the reason that I wanted to talk about that was because of your book, Choosing Yourself. Uh, like I said, it's one of my very favorite books, and you talk a lot about corporate America and what's happening uh, you know, in corporate culture and the economy, and it really is not about being able to rely on someone else for your future, financial or personal. So tell us, I wanna know your top three tips for choosing yourself, so let's just go into the first tip of choosing yourself and why it's important
1: okay and i'm I'm gonna give a, a tiny backstory, which is just sometimes people think of the title "Choose Yourself' and they think I'm saying, "Oh, be selfish to everyone else, mm-hmm. but the reality is choosing yourself is the most selfless thing you can do for all the people around you, which in turn helps your entire community, which in turn helps the entire world so so because the idea is the most important thing and and i've mentioned this in in articles and maybe on some other podcasts or in the book i mentioned this the most important thing is to choose yourself for abundance both inside and outside you have to be physically emotionally mentally and spiritually healthy and by physically healthy i don't mean drive 2 hours to the gym and i mean drive 2 miles to the gym and then walk for 2 miles on the treadmill i mean just You know, move around, get a little bit of exercise per week. People have a sense of what's healthy and what's overdoing it. So do what's healthy for you. Sleep well, eat well, and so on. For emotional health, you know, my biggest problem when I was failing in business was I tended to associate too much with people who were just, who I knew were probably going to rip me off. And I was always hoping they wouldn't. But, you know, now I know for sure I'm not going into business with anyone unless, you know, I, I I literally want to love my partners and, and have them love me back. I want I want to trust them and I want them to trust me back. I don't want that there to be any problems. So you get this by focusing on emotional health, always being honest with the people around you so that they know you're a trusted source and they can trust you with their honesty. For mental health, I think it's incredibly important for people to exercise their idea muscle. So having ideas are a muscle like anything else. So they atrophy quickly. Like if you're in bed for two weeks, at a, like because of a, let's say you had a bicycle accident and you're like stuck in bed, well, you're gonna need physical therapy to walk again. Your your muscles will atrophy so fast. You actually need help to walk again. It's the same thing with the idea muscle. And most people in their cubicles and in their corporations. And this is not saying anything about bad about their lifestyles at all. It's just the nature of the beast. Most people ha- don't have the chance every day to exercise their idea muscle. So, but that that's okay. If you just write down 10 ideas a day and they could be business ideas, ideas for books you wanna write, ideas, uh, they, he, this is 10 ideas for JetBlue to have a better service. This is 10 ideas for my company or for my cubicle neighbor or whatever. It doesn't matter what the ideas are. It doesn't even matter if the ideas are good or bad. Write 10 bad ideas a day. Eventually they'll start to get better. Within six months, I guarantee you'll be like an idea machine. You'll be bursting with ideas all the time. And I see this happen. I've been writing about this for five years. I now see it with you know, literally thousands of emails. People become idea machines, and it's really helped a lot of people. This is the one thing that I'm really uh, kind of self-satisfied to see that, that this works. And uh, on the spiritual side, it doesn't necessarily mean you know, get down on your knees and, and start praying, just learn to pr- learn to practice being grateful in your life. Like the gratitude muscle also is a muscle. So whenever you notice yourself complaining, saying, for instance, you know, why is this happening to me? Try to stop yourself and try to replace it with thoughts and feelings of gratitude towards something in your life. Could be tiny things like the, wet- the sun is out today. I'm grateful for that. So... That alone builds the foundation for choosing yourself. And you would think, well, what does that have to do with money? It has nothing to do with money. It has to do with choosing yourself on the inside because no one else is going to make you feel better. You have to choose to feel better. Every event and object in your life, you clothe it with a thought. The thought could be a negative thought, like, oh, this rain is is bad. It sucks. Or you can clothe it with a positive thought, like, oh, the rain will create, you know, how plants grow, which creates food, which, you know, may, maybe I can rest today because it's a rain day or whatever. Uh, so we have the choice to choose uh, positive or negative thoughts around every event that happens to us. But you could only do that if you're physically, emotionally, mentally and spiritually healthy. And the way this relates to outside abundance is that your outward life is just a mirror of your inner life.
0: Right. So that's
1: step yes. number one.
0: I want to talk just for a minute about when you said emotional health and working with people who you knew were going to rip you off, and I say this all the time, that entrepreneurship is really an exercise in intuition, especially for women, I think. Um, can you speak a little bit to that? If you kind of knew this was going to happen and you kept going forward, now you've made the decision to honor what you're feeling and what you're, you're experiencing towards people, has, has well, that affected your business? Well, I think
1: intuition is important for both men and women. I think actually probably women are better at it uh, mm-hmm. than men. I think men tend to be more metrics-driven, and women, I think, do listen to their the cues of their body more. So, for instance, what, off you know, I, I remember I, one time I was working for a hedge fund manager, and a, a, once a month he would invite me out to dinner. It would be a group dinner, and we'd all go out to some nice restaurant in New York City. And I would arrive home and i would think to myself finally around the third or fourth time i would think to myself you know i always feel really bad about myself after these dinners so i started saying no to going to these dinners and eventually he fired me um cuz these dinners were important for his for him for whatever reason and and so so i started learning to listen to my body a little bit more like it's important to remember your brain is is 99% unconscious. Like it's your whole entire nervous system from your stomach to your head. And then even in your head, the part of your brain that comes up with thoughts and language and verbalizes thoughts is just your prefrontal cortex. So altogether, it's only about 1% of your overall brain. The rest of your brain's unconscious. So what I do when I meet somebody is I simply ask my body, is this person draining me or giving me energy? And then I stop thinking about it sooner or later your body is going to tell you the answer. And I find this is to be a very effective technique on dealing with people. If, if, if suddenly I see a person and I feel really happy to see them and I feel energized, that's a good thing. If I feel like, oh, like I start to clench because I know the energy is about to be drained for me, then my body is telling me this is not a good person to do business with. Now, the, the last part I said there, not a good person to do business with, that came that was like the last thing for me to realize i still may have realized oh this person's draining me but i didn't necessarily realize that also means they're a bad person to do business with mm-hmm. and it's still a lesson I occasionally i have to learn i i relearned it again just a few months ago
0: my my partner and i jody we made a pact early on in the business that if either one of us got one of those little feelings in a meeting with anybody and we didn't even have to explain it we ha- didn't even have to put our finger on it if one of us got a feeling that was it done to i we weren't doing i it.
1: agree with that so much and you know what i can tell you um I- i'm guessing on this but that's the difference between female ceos and male ceos in general i, I don't think male ceos really work in that way and, uh, uh, I don't think they rely on intuition. Maybe they do later on in their careers, but not certainly not in the beginning of their careers.
0: Very important lesson. So tell us your second tip for choosing yourself.
1: Sure. So, so again, remember, you know, I was talking about how choosing yourself starts on the inside and that the outside is just a mirror of that. Well, I think it's a really important to remember whenever you feel like somebody you're waiting for someone to choose you that's probably not the best situation to be in so you're so instead of instead of saying to yourself "Oh, I hate this I'm waiting now just for this phone call start to think about solutions like well maybe I need to diversify who I'm calling for opportunities Mm -hmm. so I'm waiting for many phone calls and any one of them will be good instead of just waiting for that one major phone call so a great example is um, like uh, almost like a classic example is you submit a book to a publisher and you're just waiting for them to say yes or no to your book that you want to have published and which is such a silly thing if you think about it because the publisher only has some kind of intern college student reading your book and that person's you view that person as deciding your whole future uh, and you know now the great thing is we can use Amazon to self-publish and you would think that this is like a, a recent thing that now you know we could like uh, first off, any jobs, you can almost get like any type of job by doing some sort of freelance on on the internet. And we would think that this is a modern thing because of the internet and, and to a large extent it is. But you look at someone like Walt Disney, Walt Disney, you know, he bought, he saved up, he went bankrupt, he saved up again. He bought all the equipment to make small animated films, and they got bigger and bigger and bigger. And then eventually he put out the movie Snow White. So this is a, a classic example of someone who didn't wait for any other movie studio to give him money. He built up slowly and surely and uh, was persistent and chose himself to make the movie Snow White. another other movie studio was going for him. Charlie Chaplin, another example. He was an an actor working for a, a movie studio, but he wanted he didn't want any other movie studio to decide what movies he could be in and how much money he should get paid. So he actually started United Artists, you know, a huge uh, movie studio, and got a chance to pick and choose his own movies and paid himself what he wanted, and and was a huge success from that. So. Having a mindset of choose yourself, which again comes from the inside out, is very important for success in business.
0: I love that tip. I love that tip because when we get stuck in this one person or this one deal or this one contract is going to mean the world to my company or me, then we get almost tunnel vision on it. And this this did happen to me probably about three or four months ago. This big deal was coming up and it, it just was dragging, dragging, dragging. And finally... I said, you know what, never mind. And and if that deal happens, great. If it doesn't, great. And I just moved on. And it was liberating for me energetically and for what I was working on the business because it had started to um, stockpile other projects and things that I wanted to work on. So I think that's a really great point and things, something that entrepreneurs really need to remember is that one deal or one contract is not the end-all be-all of what you're working on.
1: It, it's really critical. Like, And this used to happen to me And look, it still even happens to me. Like I have to always be, you know, when I say be physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually healthy, it's not like something you do once and then it's done. Like it's a daily practice. Mm -hmm. And forget even like for me to forget it on a daily basis, uh, I could slip right back into all of these things. And, you know i could think of incidents from a few months ago but there was one time uh 20 years ago i was pitching a tv show to uh hbo and hbo at first the guy said he loved it and i thought this is going to be great i i was going to start making tv shows it's going to be fantastic and then suddenly he would he never called me back and i would call him and his secretary said oh he'll call you right back and it was the classic thing he never called me back pretty much ever and you know i was just so disappointed but when you're waiting for that one call you're never going to get it the flip side of that is when you say no then they they can't get enough of you so 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 many times i have found success people make me an offer of something I'll say I'll make I'll make it a point to say no three times and <laughs> by the third time they're giving me the world. And that also works out incredibly well. To never get so anxious about anything that you say yes the first time. You always have to kind of train yourself to say no and to to give yourself time to think. And and I've seen that work so much in negotiating, it's it's ridiculous.
0: That's really funny. I'll I'll have to give that a try and I'll let you know how that works.
1: It it does work. Like the first time you say, no, but uh, look, I realize you need help. I'm happy to give you some free ideas anytime you want. Here's some free ideas right now. And then they call you back and say, look, no, we really want to hire you as a consultant, whatever. And say, listen, I'm really just tapped. I can't do this right now. Um, But again, you're happy to call me for free. I'll help you out. And then the third time, now, they might not call you back a third time, but if they do, it, it, you filtered them. It means they really, really want you and they're willing to pay you a lot of money. And the third time, they're going to have an offer for a lot of money. And if you still like them at this point, then you could say yes, because it's going to be worth it in every way.
0: Very good. I will. I will definitely give that a try. Definitely. So, James, tell us your third tip for choosing yourself.
1: I think this is really important. And this is more of like uh, an outward success thing. You know, I've been talking more about like inward success, which is definitely really important. But people should measure success. And now I'm really strictly talking about kind of, you know, abundance or money or, or career or whatever. People should measure success today and they should measure it in terms of decades. So the first thing you should ask yourself is, did today I do everything I was able to do? Like I didn't really, you know, you know, I, I stay, I practice this daily practice. I came up with my ideas. I, I gave a lot to others. Get, you know, giving is an incredibly important thing because you can't create value for yourself unless you give 10 times as much value to others. Mm-hmm. But that that's almost a tip unto itself, but I'll let that go for a second. And so, so ask yourself today, did I, was I successful? But real success happens over decades and you know like a great example is so i've done 71 or 72 podcasts with extremely successful people and uh in almost every single case i can't think of a case where this has not occurred probably the 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 fastest real super success i heard of was somewhere between 10 and 15 years i mean most people are just you know, successful after decades and decades of either failure or trying or persistence. You know life in general, you could think of it as, uh, uh, you, you, as a sentence of failures punctuated only by the briefest of successes. And so you really have to kind of ride that roller coaster and really be persistent and, you're re- and, and, and really compound that daily success to turn it into decade-long success. I mean, I'll give you kind of an obscure example, but Coolio, the rapper, okay, he wrote that song Gangster's Paradise in 1995. Mm-hmm. So, so he started, he told me he started writing down lyrics every day starting in about 1978. Wow. And he didn't have his first uh, hit uh, until 1994. So that means he was writing every day for 17 years before he had a single hit. And that takes a lot of love for what you're doing and persistence. And so I always say persistence plus love equals abundance, because obviously it became super abundant after that. 1995, Gangster's Paradise was the number one so- selling song in the entire world. So, you know, but, but if he had ever given up along the way or ever joined a gang along the way or or whatever it was, he just would not have succeeded. I heard or, you. Know, to take another example like let's take uh, Mark Cuban as an example the guy went from a bar owning a bar to having a software company to having a small hedge fund to finally doing broadcast com like you know fifteen years after his first little business so you know people say he's an overnight success with when he sold broadcast com but it, it takes decades
0: I love that i I heard somebody the other day uh, at some event I attended tell the entire audience of new entrepreneurs that if they weren't making $250,000 a year in their business, that they were just doing a hobby. And I could see and feel the whole audience kind of collectively like throw up their hands and think, well, that's it. That's, that's it. That's the end of my business. I'm done. And and I I wanted to stand up and be like, that was the worst thing you could tell them because it literally does not happen that fast. So I'm really glad you brought this up.
1: Yeah. You know, um, I mean, in rare occasions it can, but I would say I've never seen it happen. You know, like, Mm -mm. like I'll, I'll get, I'll, I'll, I'll get emails. Like I got an email yesterday. Um, I have an, uh, the email said, I have an idea for a video game. Um, a, how do I patent it? And B, how do I sell it to a video game company? And I'm like, whoa, buddy, just take a little break because like, like my first business I started. I still I had no money in the bank so I still had to work my full-time job uh, which was a full day of work and then at night and in the afternoons or when I could squeeze it in in between my you know you know I wouldn't take lunch breaks for instance you know I'd lock myself in a conference room I was doing my 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 business on the side for 18 months before I left my full-time job to join my business I And when I say join my business, I was the CEO of the business, and we had 20 employees by the time wow. I left my full-time job. So it's hard work to start a business. It's not going to happen. It's, I don't know really any cases where, you know, someone's lying if they say they just started and sold it, or or not. I shouldn't say that. Like some companies, you know, in, in certain situations, some companies do get sold fast for various reasons, but in general... If you want to be a successful person don't be disappointed if things didn't work out for you today just ask did you do your best today but you know don't start to get disappointed until it's like 30 or 40 years later
0: right right just like julio just like Coolio.
1: yeah or or i every every single person i interviewed it's just it's just ridiculous
0: so James, tell us, uh, I, and I hope you say choose yourself or the power of no, but we always like to ask our guests for a book recommendation, something that will um, you know, inspire our entrepreneurs or, or give them some really amazing tips. What book do you recommend for our community today?
1: Okay. Well, I don't want to self promote, so they could they, they'll, i will
0: promote uh, for you. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. So, so on, on, I'm sure on the bio you, you, you write, there'll be all those books, but, um, I really enjoyed zero to one by mm-hmm. Peter Thiel. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was a great entrepreneurial book. Uh, I also think, and this is not a book, but I think people should watch the series, the profit on CNBC. Okay. So this guy, Marcus Lomanis, who's a billionaire goes into a struggling business and give he writes a check out of his personal money, and he takes control of the business and turns it around, or or not. Like you, you don't really know. Like he starts filming before he's turned around the business, and uh, I think it's I think it's a really educational series, and it's the opposite end of the spectrum. Like Peter Thiel talks about how you can form multi billion dollar businesses that are monopolies, and Marcus Lomanis, in The Profit, he'll take over like the local pie company and turn it around. (laughs) And so it's different perspectives on, on business. And I think those are, 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 good. I also think, you know, I, I don't have a specific recommendation for this, but you know, I try to read for myself, uh, inspirational or spiritual books every day. Uh, and I think that, you know, that helps me with kind of the spiritual side of my practice. And I think that's important to do. Now, I don't recommend a specific one because some people are religious in different ways, other people are spiritual in different ways. Everyone has their own um, kind of flavor of spirituality. So, uh, but I highly encourage that.
0: And and you just actually speaking of inspirational books too, in in that genre, really, um, or subgenre, I guess. But you just interviewed Tony Robbins. I just started reading his book, his newest book. And I loved your interview with him. And it's really good. What do you think about his book?
1: Uh, I enjoyed the book. I And as I mentioned in the interview with him, I particularly enjoyed when he focused on the inner game mm-hmm. because I'm not so sure for everyone it applies, like, oh, which mutual fund or which IRA or which, you know, annuity. Like, that stuff is not as important to me. But I really, enjoy, uh, I really thought it was really important what he was saying about the inner game. And that was an evolution on what he's previously said about it. But I also like... His, um, his first two books from way back, like Awaken the Giant Within, and you know Unleash the Power Within, or so, something like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, his first two books also are, are really excellent, and I highly recommend, you know so, so those are inspirational.
0: Very good, and so we like to close out with asking uh, if you have a challenge for our community, something that you think they can do today or this week that would impact them or their business. So what is your challenge for our community?
1: I think every day uh I think every day a lot and believe it or not a lot of people this is really hard for and a lot of people don't do this but I think every day send out three strong emails that are business development emails for your business and by strong I mean contact somebody you might vaguely know or you don't really know and basically help them solve an urgent problem and why you have a unique solution for it, and it's easy to use, and you're happy to help explain to them how they can use your solution. And and remember, it has to be an urgent problem on their side. So, so again, it's about giving and it's helping other people, and that's how you get value back. And if you send three emails a day, which doesn't seem like a lot, but that results in more than 1,000 emails a year, and if just 10% of them, if just 5% of them come through, you're gonna have a huge thriving business by the end of the year.
0: I love that. I think that's, <laughs> I think that's great, especially how actionable it is, which it's I talk about It's very actionable.
1: A lot. I do it every day to this day and so, and it works.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, James. I, this was such a thrill for me and um, I hope to have you on again and, and best Definitely. of luck. Definitely. There are 28 million small businesses in the United States today and over 40% can't get access to the funds they need to grow. Enter Cabbage. Cabbage has pioneered the first online platform to provide funding to businesses in just minutes. Recently ranked by Forbes as one of the top 50 most promising companies in America, Cabbage instantly reviews a business's real-time data to qualify them for up to $100,000 on the spot. A more flexible solution than banks, Cabbage provides ongoing access to a line of credit so businesses can take as much or as little funding as they need day after day. When businesses have access to working capital they need to grow, they can do some amazing things, and it's exciting to see that there's finally a company working to support these businesses. Head over to chic-ceo.com forward slash Cabbage, and that's Cabbage with a K, to see how much you can qualify for today. Again, that's chic-ceo.com forward slash Cabbage with a K. Thank you so much for joining me today on the top three podcast. If you're looking to start a business, come on over to chic-ceo.com to get all of the information you need to get moving. If you're looking to grow your existing business, you aren't quite ready for a business coach, but you know you need some higher level business strategy. The Chic Elite program is a perfect fit. So head on over to chic-ceo.com to check out all the resources and for the show notes to today's episode.